Hello to anyone and everyone who's listening. My name's Saka Conquo and welcome to this week's episode of My Next Guest Needs an Introduction. This week I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Pops from the R&B soul band Love Scene. The other members of the band include Alex on keys, Ruben on drums, Adisa on percussion, Ben on bass and Jack on guitar. Me and Pops spoke about a lot of things. You know her upbringing and how that influenced her music and also about the state of the music industry at the moment you know with covid and things like that so it was actually a really really great conversation and i laughed quite a lot on this one but quite strangely but i guess a laugh's a laugh isn't it also i'll just say the reason why i haven't been doing a lot of these things because I've, I've like you know a lot of youtube videos or podcast stuff is because i've been working on my own uh, material actually like and i've got a single coming out this week and I was trying to be like all elusive and like like Beyonce with her latest record and just like not do any promo and stuff of it because I thought that would be like a better way of doing it, like just being like surprised. But obviously there will only be a few people listening to this like before Friday and like if you care enough to listen to this stuff, you'll probably care enough to check out like my single anyway. So there's no point hiding things from you guys, my closest fans or either Pops' closest friends. You're one of those two things, so you can know about that earlier. Anyway. As always, stick around to the end because one of the love scenes tracks will be played at the end. Hello to anyone and everyone who's listening. My name's Zach Conquo and I'm joined this week with Pops. Pops, how you doing? You all right? I'm all right, you know. Yeah, good, good. How are yeah. you? I'm all right, yeah. It's a, it's a difficult time to be all right, but yeah. I think I'm all right. Like, you look suspiciously fresh. Yeah, that's the thing though, isn't it? Like, I, I, sometimes I feel bad about how fresh I am. Like, that's the sick. Yeah, hey, listen. That's I feel it. bad about how fresh I look, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more that like you know because sometimes you, you hear about people having a hard time and it is a really difficult time but like mm. you know I, i'm doing all right sometimes you can feel guilty about feeling, being all right do you know what i mean but yeah i get that i think as long as you use your uh your stability and how good you are to to try and i suppose lift other people up i think that always combats feeling bad about it for like sure and checking in on people and yeah and, sure well hopefully will. this will do it hopefully if people the, listen to this and they and they're just loving it they're being uplifted as we speak yes i'm sure they will be it's what I wanted to start off with, because like, you know, I, I did a bit of research with, um, of you on the internet, as I do, you know, the internet is a, is a scary place, I know, but you can find out yes. a lot of stuff. And um, <laughs> oh, I also God. did a bit of research because I, <laughs> I asked Amy, Amy some questions about you, because I know you and Amy, you know, know each other, you're, you're yeah. friends on that. Yeah. So I thought I'd just go straight to that source. And nothing private was shared, obviously, because, you know, she's a very discreet person, with, except for with my secrets, though, she, sh- she says everything about me to people. But well, anyway, you I, know, her blog's doing that well. I don't know why she would say that. <laughs> <laughs> choose the bad Zach. Yeah. But yeah, what, what I wanted to ask about is um, like how you got started in music and like, you know, about your family because she told me quite an interesting story. Like, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm trying to elaborate yeah, to. Yeah, I was raised by penguins. Yeah, oh, that's the one, yeah. yeah. Uh, emperor penguins, thanks for asking about the species. Um... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, all jokes aside, I um, grew up, my family are, uh, why do you, why am I being so weird about this now? <laughs> Just because you said you looked me up on the internet, so I'm like, yeah, so listen, what happened there was, <laughs> um, yeah, my family are, are Buddhist, Tibetan Buddhist, and I um, was born in London, sorry, everyone who gets upset by that up north mm. uh, and then uh, my mother for various reasons and because the family was so involved we moved up north and I grew up between two Buddhist monasteries um, one in the Lake District and one outside York 
And my mum still lives in one. And my cousin, my grandmother is not with us anymore, but she lived in the one in the Lake District from about 1977 until mm. she passed a few years ago. So, yeah, at, at, at the age of like 98. So, um, she, yeah, it was a big part of my life growing up. And so with prayer, like uh, ceremonial prayer and group prayers and stuff, I guess that was probably my first, other than my mum's cassettes of like flash dance soundtracks and such, uh, <laughs> which is so similar to Buddhist ceremonies. Yeah, it's exactly can, the same. Can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so between that, uh, and my family are very musical anyway. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever told Amy this, she might be interested, but my great grandfather was an opera singer and yeah so he sang yeah. for the queen and such and my grandmother was very much a, a, a daddy's girl so she she really that's her favorite accolade that the family have but yeah so someone could sing in the family at some point um I, my cousin's a beautiful singer actually uh and yeah so it, all of that um kind of contributed towards me being interested in music uh my mum loves music uh, a very really wide range she really set me up very well with lots of but I grew up listening to lots of cassettes that were so worn away you couldn't see what they were so I spent a lot of my late teens and early 20s discovering what these things were like I really loved this album for ages and I didn't realize till about 17 it was Jamiroquai the whole time uh the traveling without moving one because it's all they, they just weren't made very well to, to to keep the printed writing on so yeah so yeah and then I started um I fought with her tooth and nail. I really wanted to learn guitar, as everyone does as a teenager, because you mm -hmm. want to start wooing people with yep, really sure. downbeat, really depressing songs that will win hearts, obviously. Always works. Uh, yeah, precisely, except when it never works, which was my entire... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and she wouldn't let me, so I learned saxophone. I played sax for nine years, alto sax, um, which I really did enjoy. Um, but I don't know if there's any, any sax players listening, I mean, you can disagree with me and it, probably, it might be applicable to all instruments, but you get to like grade seven and all the music becomes insufferable, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, especially on sax, you know, you want to be playing Baker Street, don't you? Or like, you know, Careless Whisper, but grade seven is just a sort of nightmare as if an insect that hates the saxophone wrote it. And it's just 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 relentless. So I kind of went off it, and I went into playing drums, um, yeah. and then just moved to instruments like an idiot, and then settled on nothing particularly, but sang more than anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. That you know, the only thing that Amy told me was the thing about um, your, your grandparents uh, singing opera. But other than that, that's that's really interesting. I didn't know all about other stuff. And the cassette things remind me a bit, like you know, you're saying like like it was worn out. Like I, I sometimes I think about you know the fact that we've got like so many like so much music at like our fin fingertips now. Yeah. You know, with like Spotify and like Apple Music and all that, mm -hmm. and like with Netflix as well. I remember when I was a kid, like. I used to go to Blockbusters like every weekend because my yeah. mum would be like, yo, you've, you've been good this week. So you can go to Blockbusters. And I'd be like, rah, I've been good this week. I get to Run into that door. Do you remember that feeling? The, the excitement. And then if it didn't have the DVD or video or whatever it was at the time, you couldn't have it. Yeah. You have to wait till next week. Yeah, yeah. And that, but then you'd wait. And then the, you know, the, the anticipation, is it going to be there? Is it not? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> have, have they got the new James Bond film in? Do you know what I mean? Or what, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they've got Big Mama's House too. I need to watch it again. So, you know, just, just all the classics. You know what I mean? Obviously, that was never on in the shelves. You know what I mean? Everyone always had that at home. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, that's so interesting. Like that cassette thing is great. That must have been an amazing way to explore music. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we had this cassette player because my mum just refused to buy anything new ever. So, every honestly, if you'd have seen the TV I grew up with. <laughs> 
<laughs> started out, it was like black and white. It's like I'm using a TV from several decades before. It's sort of like a sort of history reenactment situation in our house, but it's just tight, just tight with money. Times were hard. Mm. Um, yeah, it was black and white, and you had to turn the dial like a radio, and it goes dunk and comes on. Yeah. That's the level I was at with wow. the TV. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, cassettes are amazing. The sound quality on cassettes, though, is unparalleled. Like, I went yeah. to an exhibition not long ago, and it had all these cassette players lined up with headphones, and I put it on, and the richness of the tone. Yeah, it's coming is... back, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. And the sales are coming up. New, loads of yeah. new bands are like using those. Yep. Yeah, it's a huge electronic thing as well, isn't it? But it's quite difficult to find decent players, like decent cassette players, because mm. you know, Love Walkmans, as I do, they were beep. I beat my own swear word out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-editing. Self-editing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. But as you say, the anticipation that's attached to loving this thing is an, an enormous part of why we maybe cherished it at the time as well. Mm. Uh, even like I was watching Lovecraft Country recently and we were watching it as, as, in, uh, as close to how it used to be where new episodes would come out each Monday. Mm-hmm. or each Sunday night. So me and my housemate were just so excited, like, you know what time it is, baby. <laughs> and then messaging everyone else who's watching it as well. And I hadn't had that since school when you like rang someone after a comedy or whatever we were watching together. Yeah. Buffy or whatever whatever was on. Um, yeah, I really, I loved that. I, I, I miss it. <laughs> yeah, it is a strange thing, but then we wouldn't want it the other way though, would you? Because sometimes you just want to binge something. I mean, That's do you know true. what I mean? And I sometimes you need that. that new Miley Cyrus single right now. <laughs> Leaked from the studio right now, unmixed. <laughs> exactly, that's what I want. Unmastered, unmixed, just straight into my ears, please. Yeah, Smiley. I want horrible hanging notes in there that haven't been edited yet. <laughs> but yeah, well, that, that's yeah, that's 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 super interesting. Like, that's crazy. I didn't realize that you know, like your family was so musical and stuff, and they had such a interesting upbringing with that. But you know what, I wanted to, uh, what I really want to ask you because I know we don't have that much time, and I definitely want to get onto this stuff. Is the stuff with um, love scene that you're doing now. Mm. And I saw that you've got a gig coming up, which is, uh, that's just rare. I know, it's really, I feel very exposed. It's like, you know, you know how all the the gigs have gone, well, there is one. Yeah, Yeah, extraordinary fortunate. Like, we're so fortunate to have got that um, and be able to put that together. And an Um, album coming out. Yeah. I mean, that's, these are two things that I don't think any other band right now can say. I know, and and an album coming out. That's what I feel the worst about. I do feel an extraordinary amount of guilt for that. I know that, I know that our intentions with it is to just try and uplift and just hope that other people have that hope that this is coming. It's not gone. It hasn't gone. Um, We have fought extraordinarily hard to do this, though. Um, Mm. In particular, you know, the level of testing, the (laughs) self-testing. I have no nose left. I, I don't have anything left in my nose from the amount of tests I've had in the last week to be able to pull any of this off. Um, but also, I guess, yeah, it, it's it's tenuous, but where there is an opportunity, it is work. And there are obviously clauses in place. It's really difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because the government have said, if you require to do something for your work and you can't do it from home and it's necessary, I know that it's a, it's a sort of gray area, but it is a legal gray area. You know, if you have to go somewhere else to rehearse in order to be distant, you know, we can't be distant if everyone came around to mine. We can't yeah, be course. distant if we go around to one's houses and no one wants to put anyone in that position. So we've had to find the biggest possible spaces to see mm-hmm. if this was even, the venue was the first thing, um, just to be able to be distant. And also running about having to do takes um, 
I'm not going to lie, it's pre-recorded. I know everyone knows that, but oh, we'll yeah, put it yeah. out. Yeah. And it has to be, to be safe. Yeah, for sure. Um, because when the crew were in there, we were having to do this in this like militant way where crew go in and set, like sound guys go in distantly and set like as far away from each other as possible and set something up. The crew, the camera crew have to go in separately. So everyone was sort of waiting outside of the premises to be able to go in. And then it was like, oh, we need to reset this. So band have to come back out. Well, you know, it, it, it's, it was mad. Everyone was knackered before we even played a note. Yeah. But um, yeah, I it is, and the album is just amazing. Um, we applied for uh, funding uh, with yeah. the Mobo Help Musicians Fund and we got it after six rejections last. And that's important. I want anyone who's listening. We were rejected six times last year and I, I honestly wasn't even going to apply for that last, the one that we've got. Wow. I just had it knocked out of me as one would. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are feeling um but i would just actually with this one i i was just more honest like if you need help just be honest with needing help um i know that we all do but i also know that there are there are conversations happening with people who are very good at writing bids dot 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 and it, the question is are the people who need them the most the people who are likely to be able to fill out the bids and that is an ongoing it's an ugly conversation but it's one that is happening mm. So, yeah, yeah, and we really did need that support. So, yeah, to get it was, I still can't quite believe it, but, yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing. And, I mean, you have, you've raised some interesting points there, and, and I know what you mean. I, I've seen the same kind of things getting the same kind of funding without mm -hmm. getting too politicised about it or going into too much detail. So, you know, and I've seen the same project get this a lot of funding, but mm -hmm. that's, I won't go into that either. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah it's such an interesting thing that i mean especially with that like like you said just being honest and also you know doing it six times and it being that last time sometimes mm -hmm. you know things just happen for a reason don't they yeah. and also i'm a real big believer these days like especially after watching amy with with her own music and like you know after being in my own projects that i had been in in the past it's just like it's literally just all about just like like resilience isn't it and just mm -hmm. keeping on going because yeah. i really do believe like a lot of people are talented when it comes to music mm -hmm. but like you know a lot of the people who are you know making a living out of it or you know seeing some success with their original stuff like aren't necessarily the best they're just the ones who believe in themselves the most that's what it feels <laughs> like do you know what i mean you just Whoa. have to really believe in it and just keep on going like yeah. and yeah. that's the hard part sometimes i think it is and i think it's really difficult in music especially like i, I know that people don't like to say this but the level of competition that goes on especially mm. in a city of this size mm. um can hinder what we actually need to be doing for one another and just as you say if you need to have that confidence and that boost it's hard to look around you if the only people around you do have some level of competition with you to for get sure. that boost if you can't generate it yourself if you can't feel good about what you're doing you really you do need validation from other people there's no shame in that yeah. that's why you release music that's the job yeah that's yeah. that's the thing that's very strange and it's interesting that you raise that too like that's literally the job our job is to entertain and therefore mm -hmm. it's to, and a part of that is to get validation from others because why i do what i do even though it's like a even though it's not the same as like kind of making your own music and stuff like that and like putting yourself out there but i but the only reason i really want to do it is because i want to make people happy mm -hmm. like you, you know i think at the, at the root of it we all want to do some type of good and that is the good Absolutely. that i think i can do you know i can try mm -hmm. and make people happy with with this instrument and then if i'm not able to do that then you know sometimes what's it's like, kind of like what's the point yeah but then, no, i get that but it's hard to get you know i think that's the whole thing with the lockdown i don't know how that's affected you maybe that's something we can go on to now mm. but um the idea of you know not being able to do, do your job you know just me being in this room all the time yeah. and just playing to myself it's yeah. very weird because 
you know, I was just getting to the point personally where I was playing a lot and exactly. to have that taken away, you know, it's like having half, like, mm-hmm. yeah, your life, like, you know, mm-hmm. exactly, your momentum and all those things. But yeah, how, how have you coped with that kind of thing? I was talking about this this morning with a friend, actually, from London. Um, I haven't really cross-referenced life with Londoners recently, so it's quite it's sort of encouraging to know there's similar frustrations. And, and I think for all of us, uh, the lockdowns... So the lockdowns obviously have all been very different beasts. This mm. one has been the worst, I think, yes. for people across the board. Partly winter, lots of other things. Uh, I think that there has been a lot, far too much time of self-reflection Mm. And that can be blessing, a real blessing and a real curse. And that could be hour to hour, blessing one hour, curse the next. <laughs> so I think that can have a real effect on all. And I think a lot of us have reevaluated quite a bit. But I think also, just as you said, and this is what I was saying this morning, is that the momentum you've built and the momentum we've all built, now music isn't just, music is far from being just about being good at your instrument and just so happening to play drums in the right room when, you know, the way we were taught it happens where Richard Branson walks in just at the right moment where you nail this massive drum solo and you're like, you got it, kid, come with me right now to the blimp. That doesn't happen. And a huge part of it is socialising, networking, the most vile of all words, networking, Mm -hmm. and just just going and seeing what other people are doing, putting yourself in that way, you know, going to a gig and, and... you know there's so much socializing around it and then what happens is and i kind of likened it to serotonin levels so you get your serotonin levels or your socializing levels right 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 up and then it all just disappears and we have you know that that won't have been easy for us in the beginning we can't remember what it was like when we first started being out all weekend at various things or or playing a gig which is an enormous amount of adrenaline nerves everything comes out you know you're putting your body and your mind through quite a lot of stress and the more you do it like muscle memory the easier it gets but now that it's disappeared it's like a bodybuilder finding out the gym's closed Mm. now you're like muscles are well we need these you know you know you you've you've dropped a level of what's required of you physically and i think that has been really difficult for a lot of people um, definitely me I've kept at it and tried to just keep busy keep busy keep busy because I'm scared that my work ethic will slip and I'm very proud of my work ethic I really like to graft which is sort of <laughs> yeah. good and bad um, but yeah I just I think for me I just had to do everything in my power to make sure that that didn't slip because I don't want to not be ready for when it comes back <laughs> I can completely understand what you're saying you know I had a, I had a conversation with my with my uh teacher my previous teacher Dave Hassel about this and he was saying the same thing to me he was just like you know you just got to keep yourself in shape because it's like a boxer when the fight Mm -hmm. comes you don't want to be like Mm -hmm. out of shape because you're going to get knocked out and that was it and he said a lot of people aren't going to stay in shape in this time you know musically so you just got to make sure you're one one of them and you know what you just said something then as well which reminds me of something uh before like about the anxiety and all the emotions you get when you're playing because it is that's a roller coaster of feelings and yeah. it and that's part that's part of it you know the adrenaline rush and all the things and the, yeah, yeah. And, if, and you know wanting to do well to get anxi- you get anxious and stuff like that and I remember talking to someone before when I was doing my masters at RMCA and I was talking to someone and they were like yeah I just don't get nervous anymore like if as if it was like a cool thing they were like yeah I just don't I don't get nervous like I, I don't feel it and I was like and I remember just feeling really sorry for them yeah. But, they, but they thought like that was like the right thing but for, to me it just seemed like they were losing their love for it 
Exactly. I mean, like, you sound like, bored, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, you switch it up. <laughs> Get, like, take more risks. Then, like, do you yeah, know what I mean? If, if you're right. that comfortable, then take a yeah, bit more risks yeah, yeah. or something, bro. Like, if you're just if you're just going to be like, oh, I don't get nervous. I, you know, I feel fine all the time. It's mm-hmm. like that's, but that's where it lives. So I agree with yeah. you. That's where it lives and dies in the risk taking and you know in the emotions you have for it. Mm. And the, speaking of which, as well, talking about your work ethic and, and such, I've seen that you've released a song actually in lockdown about lockdown as well. <laughs> so it's very meta. <laughs> so i wrote this really silly two sections to this song called isolate with you because i mean i'd had loads of comments in the first lockdown when we all thought it was not cute please don't get me wrong i don't mean it in some callous way where i think it was cute but you know what i mean when it was a novelty yeah when i was like oh i wonder when this is gonna end exactly uh, yeah so i had lots of friends around me on dating apps still and that was weird like mm. organizing going for distance walks with people or mm. or and a, and a lot of people surprised me actually there's a lot of people who um gave up altogether people that i know who date a lot we're just like well what's the point if i can't meet up with them which i thought was interesting but for me i just thought this is really interesting how people are trying to navigate romance and there's not like i thought to myself you know because i dj in bars as well so i always see people bringing their a game to dates and it's just funny to me now that everyone is forced to bring their part game <laughs> that's all the only <laughs> game you've got is walking and so i just thought it was funny i just started writing this really sort of fruity little number which was sort of you know it's very it's passionate but it's talking about aldi pasta you know like triumphantly getting the last pasta and trying to sort of lure you know, trying to win someone over with all these silly things, you yeah. know, the, the, the day-to-day things that we're now landed with being our only things. Mm. Um, so yeah, Isolate With You is ridiculous. Um, but it did, It my inbox was very sweet, but it, it was it became clear that people wanted this to be a full tune. So, uh, and Jenna G is a big, she 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 requested it highly as well. A big so, fan of it. Yeah. yeah, we got it together and yeah just threw it out because I mean I didn't I really didn't want to offend anybody but I just thought you know same with Amy's amazing work with her comedy songs as well like people people especially in Manchester people need to laugh to process things like laughter and humor is integral especially in British culture I think it's a massive factor in life so why not try eh for sure for sure yeah no and i think I, yeah it's uh, i'm sure it's made some people smile and it's been like an uplifting thing and as we've gone on to the writing process just quickly as well like, how does that work with like in terms of load scene and stuff and you know if it, is it different to any other projects you've been in or yeah i mean um originally so the way love scene started was that i um i used to make really dark electronic music mm-hmm. um i did a project with like apollo r and s really moody a really moody world in general and if you hear contempt in my voice, that's because there is some. Uh, very moody people, a lot of people pretending. And I just, and I, I had such a bad experience in that world, um, especially as a female. And mm. if people have decided you're a singer, regardless of how many instruments they've watched you play and performing on this tune, you'll always just be a singer. And that is as good as a plug-in to a lot of them. Um, so I was really put off music. I walked away and I buried myself in, in a job that was <laughs> equally awful. But uh, yeah, and I think that, that put me off. So I decided basically, right, I need, I'm, I'm gonna go back to my roots. I started off doing soul and neo soul and it makes me happy and that's what I want. And I'm, I'm happy now. Like I'd, I'd got through an awful relationship, like horrendous stuff was going, it was a, a foot. I lost a member of my family that, was yeah it was it wasn't good 
And so I chose happiness. And naturally what happened was me writing Neo Soul, like soul makes me happy, disco, funk, all the music that got me through. I just, yeah, I just wanted to go that direction. So I started off by just writing demos mm -hmm. um, because I, I have a studio set up at home. I'm here now in it. I say studio is <laughs> deep inverted commas. It's in my room. It is in my room, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've set up here and I've been making stuff for a while on my own, like solo. Um, I use a lot of gadgets and I love Ableton. So I teach Ableton too sometimes. Um, and yeah, I just messed around with all that. So I basically went on the hunt for musicians. So I was prowling around uh, jazz jams. Uh, I was already on the radio. I was looking for Ben Price because I'd seen that guy around. I'd seen him around and I was like, yeah, yeah. I like the way he plays. He just disappears into it. I like it. <laughs> so I went looking for him and I and I obviously gradually saw the guys uh, in each doing very separate things and approached them basically. And we had a rehearsal under Nyamos, I think, and mm. I just loved them. So initially how it began, the first body of music was something that was a demo that I'd brought in and everyone kind of made their own in their parts and now we write together on the That's most great. for the most part i'll m might come in with an idea but then jack might come in with an idea now it's just a, a little you know it's like a chord sequence isn't it that just kicks it off yeah. and it's anyone's game now so that's really nice that's great. I always, I always like hearing it, like when it's like that. You know, I think collaborative yeah. processes are always the best. I mean, it's always good to like, you know, express yourself in, in a song that you have, and you want it to be a certain way. But it's good to like know that you can trust the other people. It's such a payoff when you look around the room and this tune didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one hour ago, and we all get it. We all seem to have the same vision for it, and that takes time. And it, and we did it in the right way. I think we've 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 spent enough time together, and. You know, especially in the middle of something as stressful as this, you really learn about each other. And I think mm. there's a certain level of vulnerability that comes with it. And I think that really took the writing to the next level because what I'm hearing, that, that, that those tunes are unrecognisable from the demos. Mm. And they're so slick. Like, and everyone's own personal voice and, t and touch to it is just there. And it, it's, yeah, it makes yeah. me very happy indeed. That's great, yeah. And all, the, all, those, all those guys are great. I've, Outrageous! I, I think I've, I've, yeah, I've seen them all play. I think I've worked with them all actually. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Like I said, it's always good to like hear it's a collaborative process and stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and that's key. It just in the end, it is. It's just like, what's the point? You know, I'm not. I, I'm, you know, it's just not. There's so many horror stories in the music industry of 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 the way people use session musicians, and also when people think you're a session musician, but they haven't checked. <laughs> you know what I mean, like treating you like a session musician, it's like, well, that's not how you got me into this. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's just so much. I would never want that to happen. And I, I'm really pleased that all of our instincts paid off. Yeah. The only other stuff I really wanted to talk to you about is just like some like some of the stuff you've been uh, mentioning already, like your workshop stuff and the work that you do with Bright Sounds. I just wanted to hear mm. more about that. And I thought it'd just be interesting to talk about, you know. Yeah, the, the, the facilitation side. Yeah, I um, I kind of uh, freelance for a lot of different people. So I have worked as Brightest Sound. The first solo workshop I did, I could not have thrown myself in the deep end further. It was with Brightest Sound in Moscow. And it was I was the only facilitator. So it's me in charge of keeping 16 young women stimulated with a whole like week. I think it was pretty much five to six days of workshops. But it was absolutely amazing. And that was it. So I, I really, really enjoyed that. And I and Bright Sound, just the level of support you get is, is crazy. Mm. They do some amazing things. Um, so yeah, that was the Russian Arts Council. But that, that, yeah, that was a, that, I have never seen a place like that before, honestly. I urge people to go because there's bits of, I know what we all think Moscow's like. And yes, there are 
elements of that everywhere but there is this whole other bit that I haven't been to Berlin but that's what came to mind of what I think probably mm. it's the greatest uh, comparison could be but on the whole uh, I specialize in doing um, workshops predominantly in music production and songwriting and I work with a lot of female-led groups sadly we are still in a time where this is necessary I was always before I started doing that I was thinking is this is this necessary is this like one of those all-female DJ lineups that, that isn't the point the whole point is that they need to be on the same lineups as everyone else they don't just get their own night you know yeah. it's ladies night <laughs> yeah, yeah nah that's not <laughs> <laughs> um so I was I was worried about that um but actually it really does make sense and I think it's because it is a very vulnerable space especially not not as you know making music or or engaging with music at any level is vulnerable but mm-hmm. if you're also just learning how to make it right at the beginning um I think I've really realized the benefits of a, a, an all-female set up but I also work with people who have like learning disabilities I work with lots of people from lots of different backgrounds that um these spaces are so good for and one thing is that's been amazing out of lockdown is the level of accessibility for people there are people that really felt forgotten about who for whatever reason perhaps it's accessibility as in needing um you know having disabilities being able to get about financially not being able to get to workshops when they were in spaces like you know even z arts or any of these wonderful places there's a lot of people who can't get there Mm. and zoom has changed that you know lockdown has changed their world there's so many things they can access seminars workshops support groups that have come to them yeah and I hope that I think that's really important to continue. That's something that I will go out of my way to try and continue as well, because I, I wouldn't want uh, the people that I think of that I hope would never feel forgotten about. I'd never want them to feel like that again. Yeah, that's a really great point. Actually, thinking about it, actually, maybe coming to an end after after that after the fact. You know, mm-hmm. the same thing, like like you're saying, yeah, because people are able to have great accessibility. I know I benefited from that, but not in the same kind of way that you're talking from. Where I've been able to have lessons from with people that I would never be able to have lessons from. Amazing. Before. Yeah, you know, of like some Americans, you know, all over like oh, Zoom sick. and stuff. But yeah, which is which has been up great. at three a.m. drumming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time yeah. difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like five, they're five hours behind us, so it's actually not too bad. Oh, that's good. But yeah, yeah, no. So I know exactly what you mean and also with the with the uh female led things I've, I've spoken to amy before and i i never well i think i did realize but it wasn't something i put too much thought to when i was when mm-hmm. i was at school at sixth form i was at i had a music tech uh did a music tech a level and it was um, it was only guys in there i think i think there might have been one one mm-hmm. one woman but the rest of us were just you know just just men and actually interestingly the the whole music department was was female tour so, oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, it was, which is very, inter- it's straight, very, very strange, progressive. Isn't it? Yeah. So. Well, you know, well, like, what can I say? That's my upgrade. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, like as if I hired them. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah um, I need these people for my education. Class. Yeah, please, these, this person, <laughs> this person, this one, please. And yeah, but Amy was talking to me and saying how it was, you know, quite it's quite a male dominated thing with the with the the whole the whole tech side and stuff and wishing that mm-hmm. she got into it but it's just by not seeing anyone like her doing it it just made mm-hmm. her feel like she couldn't and mm-hmm. i i can that's something i completely you know can understand yeah. from the from you know from things i've experienced myself when not seeing people like me around it's, it's a very difficult thing to come to terms with so i can completely understand why it, mm-hmm. you know it makes sense to be surrounded by people like you and i know what you're talking about the bogus things where it's like just for show but i can see how that could be thing and people are so just strange when it comes to tech stuff as well i mean we've all been in recording sessions before not to not to put people in all in the same group but i've i've always felt weird in that kind of environment anyway do you know what i mean and it's how everyone deals with that that defines how comfortable other people are yeah i really see that 
and that's it because everyone else is so busy trying to assert themselves they forget that they're potentially crushing other people's attempts at even getting their voice heard mm. so i think that's um yeah yeah i think that's definitely and again that's why it's not just female-led workshops there's lots of other people from other backgrounds and it's always the same issue that in that environment that you've described they would not flourish mm. in fact yeah. if you fingerprinted any of the equipment you will not find them on there they won't have even dared try and touch the stuff they'll just you know slink to the back you know if you go to a house party and there's decks there and it's like oh i've always wanted to learn how to use decks mate all the guys will pile around and there just won't be because they're confident to, to 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 do that and yeah they and if there's a girl at the party or a couple they they probably won't go anywhere near yeah it's strange that and it's the same with uh, sadly the instrument i play as well you don't get a lot of women playing it either because mm. i think they just say i think it's a masculine man thing to hit stuff and some yeah. and i always i always i really hate that Music is a way, I like I've, I say this like literally all the time. And I said it in the podcast already. If if I could do anything else, I would actually do it. Like yeah. I think, but because like it's just so. I just find like the whole music like situation, like the whole thing of it, just like quite stressful. And like, you what know, do you find most stressful about it? What element of it? <sighs> is it the people? So, would you say audience engagement, like audience, or would you say more like the people involved in make in, in music itself which which side do you know do you know what i i think i would say it was more just like the i guess it's more the pressures that i put on myself to be better mm. because you get you constantly you constantly like think about the thing i love and hate about music is that you, you can never conquer it you know so mm. there's always something you can get from it and, mm. and there's always something you can give to it but yeah. then also that can be very damaging because you can always feel like you haven't given enough you know you've done a yeah. recording take and then a week later you're like i could do it better now and all this stuff mm -hmm. you know having those kind of frustrations and i think that's the thing I, I have difficulty with and also i think not because i really don't have a large sense of self like i don't really think that much of myself at all but i i, I do feel i do have a constant feeling of being slightly overlooked I mean, mm. i'm not sure if that's something that you share but like i just feel like you know or just being disrespected in a way but i'm not sure yeah. what that is whether it's to do with music or just me as a person i mean that's that's probably a byproduct of comparison yeah i guess so and when i was on instagram a lot which i really try not to be that was something that was creeping up just mm. exactly as you described it exactly as you described it and uh i always think we're overlooked or i'm overlooked if I think about it, but then if I actually think about it, it's like, no, you're not, no, yeah. you're not. And the thing is, I'm not, not to negate you feeling like that. Mm. I don't, I don't think that's the case with you, but I think that what we're, what the realistic thing, here's something that is another food for thought. Music's moved into a different era. So here's my analogy. Beginning of lockdown, suddenly everyone's on Zoom. Had you heard about Zoom before lockdown? Yeah, it's true. No, right? I... And so all these companies have told all their employees now to move over to Google Meets or Zoom, but none of them have given anyone any training. Mm. So we're supposed to just use this thing now. It's pretty straightforward, but there have been a lot of times where people have presumed I know how to use the whole thing. So I would say that that analogy would apply because social media and how to promote yourself, those of us, let's say those of us who play an instrument. So in your case, a drummer mm. who is really good at, you know, social media engagement, really confident, crazy levels, you know, that, you know, you or I take a picture on a decent filter, we think it looks good, but like this person's like Steven Spielberg level. And that, and unfortunately that will work. This person may not be in anywhere near the league of you on drums. But they are so good at presenting that, you know, that, 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 yeah, projection of confidence that they are getting more work and they're being spoken about. They're on everyone's lips because that's what people, you know, and I think that's another thing. I think that musicians, 
I think that we do need to step our game up with it. Mm. I know there's, it's very difficult to find where to get help on these things, but social mm. media engagement, whether we like it or not, it really does define what's going on mm. and whether you become overlooked or not. Yeah. yeah. Or feel it at least. Yeah, I think but, that's a great point. And then, but like you're saying, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because, like you're saying, you felt like, you feel like that when you're on it, but then you go on it more to try and exactly get that. And then you're just like, ah. you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. My sister messaged me earlier and sent me love scene on oh, Instagram and said, "I oh, so checked nice. them out." And I was like, "That's so weird." I'm like, literally talking to the lead singer like oh, later today. That makes me so happy. Yeah, so it's so it does. That's the thing, though. So it does work. And I meant to mention it earlier, but like, so I, was, I mentioned it now, but so it's fine. But yeah, like, um, so it does work, and that's the weird thing. And then my mm. sister was just like, oh yeah, I've just seen them around. I thought you, you'd be interested. I was like, no, no, I know, I know this guy. That's so weird. And you never feel like that. You never feel like that. So, you know, probably the very minute that she told you that or sent that to you, I looked at a post that had had 418 people engage with it, but only 12 people had clicked like. And I was like, are people for real? <laughs> <laughs> music's, music's practically extinct. And you can't click like. I mean, I understand, oh, but... At the same time, like, wow. Uh, sometimes, yeah, it's just difficult, isn't it? It's, it's just a really difficult thing. Cause, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, that's why it's so hard. It, I, and also, the thing is, I don't want, don't want to get, because I know you're not confusing me, obviously. I can tell you now where I'm coming from with this. That the yeah. thing is, I don't, I wouldn't even care if, like, only, like, 100 people, like, you know, listen to my song or, like, or, like, watch my video. It's just more that, like, they would understand where I was coming from with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's I the main that. thing. That's the other thing as well. Like, to mm -hmm. people actually have an understanding of where you come from and, like, respect what you're trying to say. That's mm -hmm. that's all I would really ask for. Like, I don't want to be famous. I've got, like, no interest in being famous. I'd like to work and be paid to do my job. That would be great. Just in it. I just want no. maybe a holiday a year. Exactly. And maybe to see some nice venues. Exactly. But what I really want is for people to connect with that's this music it. and it make them feel better or get through things like and that's it a, a genuinely yeah but you need you need a lot of people to engage with it for, to, exactly. for people to get to the point where they feel like they can engage with it like that i think that's the truth you know if, if exactly if, if you had like 10 fans listen to your stuff i think they feel weird if they were like really mm -hmm. into it do you know what i mean mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. and 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 that's interesting actually i'll give you a little tip that someone told me um there's something there's other way he was look i'll message you later but basically there are a couple of things that you can do live streams on that aren't, he, and he said to, and I said, why are you doing it on that? No one's on that. It was weird, it was almost like Gumtree. And I said, why are you doing that? And he said, because I can't rely on my friends to watch me all the time. That's not the end goal. I want new people. I want strangers to watch it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, I'm spending my whole time plugging it all <laughs> over the joint. And again, if your friends don't share it, it doesn't, it doesn't have new life and just as you say for people to engage with it it gives those songs the journey they deserve yeah it's the same as a let's say and this is going to break both of our hearts when i say this a crowd dive remember them remember crowds and dives and rooms with people in oh god yeah and so if your song is doing a crowd dive which is it uploading onto the internet if there are three people there to catch it it's not going to make it to the door mm-hmm but if more, if everyone jumps in and just for a brief moment just holds the hand up like that, like shares it or whatever, it will make it to the door, and yeah. that might and and it will make it out into the world. It deserves to go into exactly. just for itself, not for who made it. Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy there. I think that's a really good analogy, and I think the interesting thing, like you're saying, is it, to to 
you need to engage with a new audience as well. And if they don't know mm-hmm. you, I feel like people will, will actually engage with the material a bit easier because they don't have this yeah. idea of you. And I feel that, I, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I always have a weird feeling that people feel like they know me before they do. I don't know why. But yes, but just, you're very personable. You've well, got all those nice faces. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But, but then it's like... Because then now you've gone. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it seems like they, know, they think they know what I'm going to say. So it's it's always interesting to have someone new come and have their perspective. I yeah, guess that's what you're saying. Totally. And also, it's it's such a weird phenomenon, isn't it? When people share those posts, when they're like, "It's free to like and sh- and share like music for your friend. It's free, like free things you could do for a musician to help them." And it's so weird because no one does it. Like no one wants no. to do it. And they, I think no. it's because it it feels slightly ungenuine because that your friend can't like everything you do. Like they they no. they, they, they they might not like it. Like yeah. I don't mean like clicking like i mean they might not like it with in their motions they might not it might not move them yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's okay but you know mm-hmm. and a, a share from your closest friends i mean you'd expect that and from your family members and whatnot but you can't expect everything from people and it's good that people are genuine but i think what happens is like people get shared things onto their feed so much that they don't even bother to engage because i'm bad for it you know yeah, I, same. I haven't listened to a lot of new music there's a lot of people's stuff I haven't listened to and I mean to get around to it. But I think there's this feeling which just like stops you from doing it. It's a bit mm-hmm. like the first time I started like getting into jazz. Like literally whenever I put on like John Coltrane, Miles Davis, literally anyone, like that's the kind of people you start off with, isn't it? I mean, those are the easy, easy ones to get into, you know, mm-hmm. let alone the other stuff. I mean, Jesus. But I, I'd, I'd, I'd click on something by Miles and I, instantly I'd want to turn it off. Like instantly inside me, like everything would tell me to turn it off, and I don't know why. Everything would be. Was it that last album with the yellow cover? Because I <laughs> no. understand why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, like, I'm just talking about the. I'm not talking about anything I haven't got. I'm just talking about the easy stuff. But then once mm-hmm. I shedded the the idea of m- me having to listen to it mm-hmm. and just and just put it on and, and like you know and then I'd engage with it. And I ended up loving it. And now I listen to all the guys who played in it. Or you know, don't, I listen to our Blakey stuff. Everyone stuff. Blakey and, don't. Yeah. I mean, just go. It, that's what happens. You just go around. And then it's it just once you shared that idea of having to do something, I think it really like allows you to access it. Let's try and end on a bit of a positive now. Yes. Like, well, so the album's coming out and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I said stuff like that. I mean, that's the main thing. It's coming yep, out. Album's coming out. Yeah. So have you, have you like how do you feel about it? And also like what's like what's the plan after that? After lockdown, let's let's say a lockdown's going to end because I think hopefully it will. I mean, I'm sure it will. And like, yeah. what, what's the plan after that then? So, um, yeah, the album's coming out in a couple of months um, and the plan, I mean, I'm so buried in like the plan building up to releasing it. It's mm-hmm. hard for me to imagine See, a life that. after yeah, it sure. comes out. But uh, I think after that, once lockdown's lifted, um, I want to put out a formal warning to all dance floors. I will be out for three months. Just be out <laughs> for three months. And I will try and be on every dance floor i don't know if you do you know tunde uh from big people bpm no i don't know amazing guy get to know amazing amazing individual like one of the one of the most influential people in manchester i would say and he has an amazing night called get together the get together which is really really good uh predominantly for people of color in manchester uh to network but tunde has this gift of being at everyone's night for about 40 minutes and it's amazing. You always get to see him, just not for very long. And it's just because he, he knows so many people, but he shows his face and he wants to support. That's nice. And that will be me on every dance floor. But for 20 minutes of sort of hardcore energy, regardless of the BPM of the music, I will be going for it. So that's the plan. Um, but yeah, afterwards, uh, career-wise, we've, we, we've been writing loads of new material. So I imagine uh, there's another release that will be coming afterwards. There will be remixes. 
Um, and I think as soon as we can tour, we have had some bookings, but obviously they, they have the gigs that keep being pushed back. Uh, there's a lot of hope. I don't want to jinx it of when it is, but it's not that far away. Great. Um, so yeah, definitely we'll be playing the Leeds Brudenall Social Club. And, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, and getting um, hopefully Carlton Club. I can't wait to play the Carlton nice. Club in Manchester. Um, I thought I'd played it before I hadn't. That's how drunk I was. I didn't used to be very professional. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah and then yeah hopefully london and beyond really um we out here festival will be nice yeah. i think we are we haven't been announced but i'm uh, yeah i'd be surprised we'll be if not i'd be surprised if not yeah so i love that honestly <sighs> that festival was cra- for a first festival that was nuts um yeah so that's the plan so far well, that's great yeah but it all sounds good to me i guess we'll leave yeah. it there you're coming out with me there. Three months, baby. <laughs> I can Book try. Book the time off. I'm tired now. I'm tired now. I'm telling you that right now. I, I, I'm, not as, I'm not as young as I used to be, even though I'm still very young. You are. But- no excuse. I'll come and find you. <laughs> Overnight. Overnight. We won't.
back Oh, God, we worry now 